Welcome into a another 501 podcast. Seth Campbell joined alongside Andrew Epperson, and Andrew's just having a little bit too much fun right now because of the unfortunate way the Thunder lost last night. It's always fortunate when the Thunder lose. It's never an unfortunate circumstance. So I think we'll say it's all good and move on from there. Thank he, you, Dame. He's just bitter. It's okay. His team, which is quote unquote the greatest franchise in the league, couldn't even make the playoffs. So he's a little bitter, but I understand that those <laughs> things happen. But once he made the playoffs, but we'll get into Russell Westbrook, his treatment of the media Whew. and that Something game. Something we can all agree on here. That happened this week. We'll get to that later. There's also things that we have to get to, like the Razorback basketball team is playing and practicing in oh, man. Muscleman is whipping those boys into shape. We also got NFL draft coming up. And so we got an interesting take on what what would you be number one pick in? Not necessarily football. What would you be the overall number one pick in? And then Arkansas hired a new gymnastics coach. I'm not going to pretend like I know the first thing about gymnastics, (laughs) but I do know the first thing about what we're going to talk about with new head coach Jordan Weber. But first, let's start with the baseball Hawks. The Omaha Hawks, as they've been so affectionately called, look bound for Omaha once again, Andrew. They are ranked in the top eight in most polls after a clean sweep of the Mississippi State Bulldogs. And it didn't come with uh, out a little bit of a, I don't know, a tussle at the plate. I don't know if that's the right word, but Heston Kerstad was ejected from the game. Oh, yeah on a ball that was nine inches off the plate. Yeah, that was a horrible call. He had a right to be upset about it. It's honestly kind of fun seeing that whenever that happens in baseball. It's one of those sports where there's almost that, it's not as much as golf, of course, but where you have sort of that gentleman aspect to it where you don't want to be, you know, trying to raise heck all the time and act like a fool out there, but it's fun to watch when it actually happens because it reminds you these kids are human. They are wanting to win every game they play in, and so Heston had a right to argue it. Arkansas has a track man, track man is what it's called, and it tracks all the balls, spin rates, all these things, all these fancy stats that baseball guys are... Sports analytics. Yes, that Andrew wrote an entire thesis paper on. Sure. Uh, all these stats that people are in the in the baseball world are drooling over right now. It all comes from track man and new technology. And so Arkansas was able to track that ball, and it was nine inches off the plate. Yep. Now, I have never been on one for automation and robot umpires. The thing with baseball is, you know, sometimes getting it wrong comes with the game. The strike yeah. zone is a little fluid and I'm okay with that because guys know how to work the zone. They know how to make a ball. I mean, to a batter, to the catcher and to the umpire look like a strike coming out of the hand and even into the catcher's mitt. That wasn't, they can manipulate the ball that mm. way. And I think a little bit of that is lost when you go to an automatic zone, but you can't, You just can't have a ball called a strike that is nine inches off the plate. Yeah. 
Yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I think that if the argument here is should we or should we not have a an AI strike zone, I think sports are a human-created thing. No other species on Earth has sports. We created it, okay? Smart man there, yeah. It's not for me that discusses this. There's a wonderful book called Sapiens from Yuval Noah Harari. I was making a joke. Of course, we're the only one that's invented sports. Yes, we're the well. You know, who knows? Other species could do other. You know, they do things. They play games. Whatever you can see it in chimps and other things. True. But they don't have sports. They're competitive. They, you know, whenever I, they're trying to get to the. I want to know the uh, chimps' thoughts on the catch, no catch in the NFL. <laughs> I'm did, sure they have some great did, thoughts. Did Dez actually catch it? And I bet a chimp would know. And the chimp would say no because based off the rules, which yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. Dez it's been a caught few it, years, but anyway. Uh, Cowboys fan. Anyway, um, when we look at that, we have to say this is a human-created sport. AI does help humans in many, many ways. I am wearing glasses right now, okay? Uh, that is maybe not a computerized technology, but it's something that's a human being just naturally couldn't do without creation. That's just what we do. Scientific revolution. Thank you. What we have here. But when we start to add AI elements into human sports like this, we are fundamentally changing the sports and we are fundamentally changing our species and how we interact with each other. Would it set a dangerous precedent to do this for our species now in this little small area? No, maybe maybe it would even be better for the strike zone. But I think it just indicates where we're headed in sports, which is starting to bring in artificial intelligence into all of our sports. When are we going to have artificially uh, intelligent players out there playing? When are we going to start watching? We already have robot leagues where people are competing, you know, putting robots to the test against each other. Robots, let me tell you, would be better shooters than humans. If I mean, we, we saw calculated that, them. We saw that. What was that? A few weeks ago where in over in Asia, they had a yeah. robot shoot a half court shot and he swished it, swished it. Yeah. So guess what? You know, if we're just looking, cause you know, why, why is it that we like men's sports better than women's sports? Well, they're better. They're better. Well, guess what's better than men? Artificially intelligent computer plays. Like yeah. that's just the thing. But that also comes down to the fact of the reason why we like sports is because anything can happen. Sure. The underdog sometimes can win because people have off nights. You know, Virginia went from losing to a 16 seed in UMBC to winning it all. Yeah. Not necessarily the complete same team, but a pretty close to it because they had an off night and because UMBC didn't mm-hmm. and they had a good game plan. When you do robots, it it doesn't really matter your game plan. It matters your talent. Or a coding. If something went off yeah. in coding, you know, if there's just one little piece of data that's incorrect that's gone into that then you're changing it. The point is adding artificially intelligent capabilities to any sport is going to fundamentally change that sport at some point. Maybe not in that element, but it's opening the door. And so I say we keep human things human and we don't try to move that way. We're moving that way anyway. It doesn't matter what I say. Yeah. We're going to go down that way anyway. It's just going to happen. People, people want it perfect. The Saints yeah. fans from the last NFL playoff are mad because they got screwed out of a yeah. out of a title appearance. And I understand why they're mad. They wanted to go to the Super Bowl, but yep. I don't know. I kind of agree with you. We're going to move into a day and age to where there's going to be robots there. Robot umpires. Yeah. There will be robot umpires before anything else. And then players. And then players. Well, you heard it here first. That's breaking news. I don't know if I'll go that far because there is something about the element of the human race playing. But where do you draw the line with AI? And that that's something to 
keep a lookout for it. And so to go back to the question on the strike zone, after that was a very deep question there for the 501 podcast, I'll give you that. <laughs> and much. I could have gone much further into that too, but so we're going to leave it at that. We figured out who the smart one is out of us two. Uh, yo, yo, Yuval Noah Harari, Sapiens, he's the smart one. Yeah, but you read it. Anyway, um, <laughs> it takes it takes a smart person to read a smart person's book. Uh, to go back to the original question, I think that it will be 15 years before the MLB is using M- artificial intelligence, but it will happen. That's optimistic. I'm saying like f- five. Really? Look at I how mean, much we've already, advanced in the last five years. They're using it right now in the minor leagues, so that yeah. is a good point. But I... Is it feasible in college baseball? Because that's not a money-making sport. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not one of the big two sports that makes money in college campuses. Not basketball or football. Yep. And I even asked Hunter Yurichek when he came to one of our classes: Is baseball at the University of Arkansas, which is so big, does it make money? And he said, No. Yep. It doesn't hemorrhage money like most baseball programs do, because I mean they draw a lot in attendance and concessions and oh, things yeah. like that but it still does not make money, which is just insane. To further prove your point on that, okay, Arkansas has two professional baseball teams here. The Arkansas Travelers, the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. They're both in the Texas League, and they were both second and third worst last year in attendance in the Texas League. And look at Arkansas baseball's attendance numbers, especially in the regionals and the super regionals. Oh, man, people here care about Razorback baseball even more than the pros. And they are still not making money. Yeah, so I I think that it might not be as feasible in college baseball. That's where you may see it take a little bit longer. But the time it'll be the pros first. The time is coming when it'll happen. And I don't know, just something in me dies a little bit when I hear that. It's kind of sad. It's scary for the human race, not just sports. Yeah. All right. So moving on, we're gonna go to the orange ball. Put it in the hoops because basketball is my favorite sport. All right. I love the way they dribble up and down the court. I'm gonna stop singing, but. Eric Musselman takes over the reins for the University of Arkansas. We've been seeing clips on Twitter ever since his first practice with the team. Well, the team in the Razorback Twitter, the basketball Twitter, finally tweeted out a video about the entire practice. Five minutes long, you got to see kind of an in-depth look at their practice, and it's only what they want to see. Like It's only what they want to show you. It's edited. Right, for sure. So don't think that you're getting some inside scoop into the university or anybody else's. But it was cool to see how he runs his practices and, you know, going out and telling these guys, hey, every single one of these plays, this drill that we're doing right here, Golden State does. Before every single practice, they do this drill. That's pretty cool. Like, hey, like Golden State Warriors, which is the pinnacle of basketball right now, any type of basketball, they do this drill. So why would we not copy what they do? Yeah. What caught me by surprise is they're huddled up after practice. They're all huddled and he's giving them, you know, a speech of, you know, we got to hustle all these things and two things stuck out. He said one quote, we need to be in better shape. And then another quote, he said, we have to play hard. Yeah. Red flags should go off in your mind. You should have a sirens blaring because the previous administration, what was their motto? Fastest 40. Yeah. We are going to be in better shape than everybody because we are going to press them. They're going to outrun them because we're going to play hard. The two things that Musselman had to preach to this team, which 
you know how first practices work. If you ever, you know, trying to, if anything, first day on the job, first practice, whatever, the first time you're making a first impression on somebody, you're going to be the, your utmost best. Yeah. You're going to try and impress them because it's a new slate. Everything's wiped away. It's a clean slate. If you're not hustling, if you were hustling before and you're up to that level and even pushing it a little farther, then he wouldn't have to say these things. But the fact of these guys are probably given their full effort and it's still not good enough for Musselman. Yeah, that should be red flags. That means that this administration, the previous administration, it was never going to work. And I'm glad that your made the change. Yeah. Um, you know, we could go, <laughs> go over and over about the, why the Mike Anderson situation didn't work, but there's a disconnect and I have this on good authority to say this. Uh, I talked to a source just last week about the whole situation. Anonymous. Anonymous. I'm not going to say anything about him or whatever, but I'll say this. He was sitting on the bench. Okay. You go look at those, you go look at the videos of, you know, some of the replays of last year's game. He's on the bench with those guys. Okay. So he, they, he knows all of them very well and they know him very well. Uh, I have it on good authority to say that the, the guys that are here now that have remained other than Keyshawn Embry Simpson guys that are here now they're starting to buy into the system and if they buy into Eric Musselman's system they will make the tournament you know we know Scotty Thurman's not coming back now we know that's not a thing so we're going to see who he's bringing in they he hired an assistant today who played with Michael Jordan and then on the 93 championship team okay you know that's pretty good credibility right there I'm sorry TJ Cleveland I'm sorry Melvin Watkins but this is a guy who has some uh, immediate credibility but the thing that stood out to me most about this clip was actually something that was kind of subtle where he was saying good Reggie good uh, Jalen good you know saying he was praising them when they did well and he was instructing them when they weren't doing well and the disconnect between Mike Anderson and his players was that Mike Anderson would never praise the guys ever in any situation in practice in games he's going to chew them out he's not going to point out when they're doing good and guess what? In today's modern basketball lexicon, you cannot be that way. You have to point out the good and the bad. Kids today can't hear just only bad. It's just it's we're different. We're a different culture than we were even twenty years ago. Things have changed too much. Uh, Corey Williams is the head coach that they're not the head coach. He was a former head coach at Stetson. Yeah, but they hired him to be an assistant under Eric Musselman. So Corey Williams, former head coach at Stetson. Yeah is who they hired. So Thurman has said that he will not be in, he will not be in the running for assistant coach. He's good. And he will not be in the running either for an administrative job. He's turned yeah. down everything. He's so done. All signs point to him going to St. John's with yeah. the former staff, but I'm sorry for him on that. Seriously. <laughs> I really am. Cause I think Scotty Thurman could have a really good shot at being a head coach sometime down the line. And I think he's hurting himself by being in that administration. Nothing against Mike Anderson as a person. I don't know how he is as a person. I'm not going to say he was a good person or bad person. Everybody keeps saying he was a great guy, bad coach. You don't know how he was as a guy. I have no idea. But knowing what I know and what you know about that program, Scotty Thurman is hurting himself by doing this, really. I just don't understand. the. You're talking about the disconnect between players. But you're in, if you build around an entire motto, I don't care – if you can't do anything else, you should be able to do that motto. Yeah. And I was giving Anderson when he was here, the benefit of the doubt of his system may not work anymore because of the way basketball is played. Now you, you break everything into four minute increments. There's always a TV timeout yeah. after, after every 60, after every four minutes, there's going to be a TV timeout. So people are more rested Yeah. in, and then the hand check rules. Like you can't even reach in without getting no. a foul now. Like if you breathe on the guy, look at him funny you're going to get a foul call. Yep. So I, I was giving Anderson the benefit of the doubt on those things. But what really 
it could have boiled down to was that they weren't in good enough shape. You know, these videos of them posting on Cleveland Hill, well, they only posted once or twice a year during the summer that they were running Cleveland Hill. Was that the only time they were running Cleveland Hill? There's a lot of walking Cleveland Hill. Like, I know that much. So that's that's not what this program was built upon. You are supposed to run around the other programs. You That was what you were supposed to do. And so you didn't practice what you preach. And that was just the entire mind-bogglingness of this entire situation that Mike Anderson was in for eight years is that he didn't practice what he preached. No. Behind closed doors, you had no idea what was happening and it was nothing. You have to be able to inspire. You can teach, you can preach, you can say, but you have to be able to inspire. In fact, the matter is he's not inspiring the kids with numbers. He doesn't look at analytics there. You have to guard star players differently than you guard a four or five who has no talent. That's not what they did. They tried to guard every single player the same way. They switched on all screens. They would try, you know, it was a little bit different. They tried to mix things up. I remember Manny Watkins saying something about, uh, who was that guy at Ole Miss just a few years ago? Stefan Moody, who was so good. They tried to do some different things with him and, you know, double team him in certain instances, but they would try to guard everybody the same because they didn't look at numbers and analytics. And so you can't encourage players without them. And so that's his biggest issue. And Musselman's the complete opposite. He loves his analytics, loves oh, yeah. all that stuff. And so I'm excited to see where he takes this program. This this program has the talent. I mean, right now to yes. go win, to the NCAA tournament, they sure do. And they're bringing in in, in the transfers. And I like the approach that Musselman is doing, which is very similar to Chad Morris on the football side. We're gonna be in the mix for everybody. We're gonna offer you. We're gonna sit down and talk to you. Now yep. we may not be able to get you to campus. And we may not be able to get you on the team, but we're going to talk to you so that we're in your mind. And yep. if you can pull in one of those guys out of 20 that you talk to, you're winning. Yep. It takes one guy to turn around a basketball program. Yep. Basketball is a sport where one guy changes everything. You think Zion Williamson didn't change everything at Duke. He didn't win the whole thing. I mean, when he was out, you could see how different Duke was when he was hurt. So yeah, one guy is all it takes is to change the environment. And then what Morris always says is they feel like if they can get guys to campus and show them Northwest yeah. Arkansas, then they have a shot. So, you know, you talk to 20 guys, maybe you get five of them to campus and you pull down two. Yeah. That's a fantastic statistics. I, I would be, do be okay with that. That's 10%, yep. but that's okay because two guys, if they're game changers, change the entire face of your program. You don't need another glue guy. Okay. No. no more glue guys. Don't recruit any more glue. We don't glue need guys. any Elmers. No, really. <laughs> we need some gorilla glue. We need some gl- gl- gorilla glue. We need some duct, duct tape. tape. <laughs> we need everything but another glue guy. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, with that, we're going to move on. And the NFL draft is coming up this week. And we're not experts on the NFL draft. We used to do a draft show on 501 and the sports advantage was a TV show that we were on together. Yeah. And so we used to be really deep into this NFL draft stuff. Not anymore. I, I am. I, okay. And it's the pretty Raiders fun. Have three first round picks. You don't think I've been scouring all this even more than I had been every other year. Well, You, you probably would get kicked out of the meeting with John Gruden too, then because we can't trust you. Uh, I, I wouldn't be a liar and leaker like all those oh, uh-huh. staff That's members who finally saying. got fired. Anyway, with we'll NFL draft coming up, we decided to take a little different route. Andrew, you're on the clock and your first pick, it needs to come in. Are you ready? Okay. Andrew Eberson, with the first overall pick, what would you be the overall number one pick in? I'm going to say knowing random information about Elvis Presley. That's going to be, I, 
Okay. I know a lot about Elvis. I know shockingly a lot okay, about Elvis. Okay, but see, that's a hard category to be in because there's a lot of people that know a lot about Elvis. That's true. I've seen every movie. I own almost every movie. Not all of them because there are some stinkers, okay? Clambake, that's not a good movie. You want to stay away from Clambake. I thought, Frankie and Johnny. I thought that was like a recipe. No, that that was an Elvis movie that came out where basically they tried to <laughs> – there was a dance called the Clambake that they tried to make it as good as some of the other ones, like some of the other dances that were there in the 60s, the mid 60s, and uh, it just totally was terrible. And he sang horrible, uh, horrible songs in this movie, just like uh, Kissing Cousins. That's another movie that was just so atrocious. And we look at it now, and our society like wouldn't accept so many of the things that happened in that movie. And uh, yeah, that's the mid 60s were not a good time for Elvis Presley. They really weren't. Kissing cousins, kissing cousins, and we'll be kissing cousins. No, that'll really make don't it all right. It. It's okay. <laughs> uh, that's okay. That's a hard category to go number one overall in, but I trust you because you knew that clam bake wasn't like somebody getting high on the East Coast. It was actually. It was actually a movie that Elvis was in. Yeah, Elvis was on the anti-drug task force. He uh, and Richard Nixon were together on that one. Oh, good. So he would never do more, anything associated with drugs. More useless Elvis information. All right. <laughs> All right, Andrew, your time is over. Seth Campbell's now on the clock, and Seth, with his number one overall pick, what would he be picked number one overall in? And this is something that I had to dig deep in my soul because there was a lot of times that I was picked last. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's not very many times I've been picked number one overall. In the hyper, I'm picking you at least like second or third, though, playing oh, basketball in the hyper. Oh, that's so sweet. You can play, Second man. or third, guys. I'm going to take a tall guy first, but you, <laughs> second, you can go second, second or third. Second or third. That's just real. I was picked last in kickball all the time because I didn't play soccer. I was picked last in soccer. I was a fat chubby kid in fifth grade <laughs> and they would stick me in the goal and I was like I don't want to be the goalie and then they would just kick it by me and they would kick it really fast and this yep. is at recess by the way not in yeah. organized soccer but with my number one overall pick what I am going number one overall in is stretchy toes oh man he said this before this too I, and I want y'all to know it's gross I have as weird as it is I have toes my big toe can go all the way back bend all the way back and touch my foot. I, so Ugh. I had to think long and hard, but I found something that I'm good at. Stretchy toes. I called FEMA before this. <laughs> I called them. Is that what the knock the on the door was earlier? Yeah, that was FEMA. Oh, this is a national emergency <laughs> happening in here. It's, ESPN 99.5 studios. I'm sorry. It's a family thing. My, uh, my sister can do it. My mom can do it. My dad. I didn't know it was Ugh. weird, but my dad saw me do it one time and goes, what are you doing with your toes? The genetic abnormality. <laughs> it's okay. I'm half swamp person, half. <laughs> it is what it is. Well, they say that is everybody from central Arkansas. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, it's something in the water. Yep. Well, all right. That's what we're going. Number one overall in. Let's talk. Russ. You want to uh, talk some Russ? Let's talk. First some of Russ, all, that dirt bag. This happened yesterday yeah. and Russell Westbrook in the thunder. Well, they went down because Damian Lillard is better than Russ. It's almost a God. Yeah. Tied at one fifteen. crown rising to the feet. George will defend Lillard spread floor. Dude just went Lillard off. with 47 mm. a night working it down to two to one. A deep three. He knew it. Oh! What? Blazers win the series. <laughs> a walk off three from Lillard. Man. What a great call by the way. Damian. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you see Seth Curry? If you look back, Seth Curry is in the corner right next to the Thunder bench. He trash talks the Thunder bench the entire time. <laughs> he turns around with Damian Lillard. With Damian yeah. Lillard still the ball. He hadn't shot it yet. He turns to the bench, and you can see he is talking to him. Yeah. Basically, I'm assuming he's saying something to the effect of, yeah, he's going to make this. And then... He's talking, he's talking, he's talking, and everybody knows what Damien's about to shoot the shot. Nobody else is getting this shot. He shot the thing from way downtown, yep. way downtown. Almost like, half court. Logo. And, I mean, so bad that Paul George had to say this. I mean, that's a bad, bad shot. Mm. I don't care what anybody says. That's a bad shot. It was a bad uh, shot, Paul. But, yeah. Hey, he made it. That story won't be told. That it was a bad shot. Um, we live with that. It was a bad shot. Like, You'll have all, all summer respects, to live with that, won't you, Paul? In all respects of the game, <laughs> at least he was in the playoffs. In all respects of the game, that is a bad shot. But Seth, as soon as the ball went in, Seth Curry looks at the the Thunder bench basically goes, and shrugs his shoulders. This goes, told you, and walks yep. away. And like the Thunder bench is just in disbelief. Yeah, great shot by Damian Lillard. But what it, it irks me the most is Russell Westbrook, Mr. Triple Double King. Yeah, who cares? I used to think that Russell Westbrook was a good player. From an outside perspective, as soon as Durant left and he was putting up triple double numbers and he averaged a triple double that yeah. year and was the MVP, I thought that Russell Westbrook was a good player. Turns out Russell Westbrook is not a good player. I mean, first of all, from his actual play, Andrew was telling me earlier in the season, he has the worst in the NBA, or top five, I think. Top five worst. I believe maybe it's three to five. I can't when remember. He drives, Ricky Rubio's the worst. When he drives to the lane about making shots. Yeah. Like when he drives to the lane. Success on dribble drives. It's. Which he's known for, by the way. Yeah. Which people assimilate with him. Because he can't shoot the ball. No. A like, dude can't shoot. Mm-mm. In, in today's NBA, where the, ever, the average shot distance is moving further and further and further away from the goal. Yep. Dude can't shoot. Nope. He doesn't belong in today's NBA. Like there is a place for people that drive, but not max contract place in the thunder. Say they need a shooter yeah. and they do, but they need to get rid of Wessel Westbrook and get that shooter. Yep. Wessel Westbrook. He's a parasite to this team. Yeah. I think the real issue here is, you know, Nurkic is hurt. He's out for the season. Trailblazers fans and pundits and experts alike thought that they were going to get swept again, no matter who they played. Nurkic was such a big part of what they did as a big man. Everybody thinks about McCollum and Lillard, and rightly so, especially Lillard. That guy's amazing, and so is McCollum, effective shooter and you know really opens up the floor. But when Nurkic is out, there is a gaping, gaping, gaping you know, we got a Grand Canyon it's inside the lane. Such a discrepancy. You got Miles Leonard down there, right? You know, you it's guys who are, are really not that good. You know, uh, and instead of giving it to uh, such an underrated player, Stephen Adams, who is very effective inside, he could, in my opinion, if he was on the right team and in the right system, he would be the best center in the league. I mean, he already I mean averages. That. Maybe not. Maybe not beat him in bead, but second. He already he already averages over uh, nine and a half rebounds a game yeah. in over ten points a game. And you know he's constantly having to rebound stupid shots by his teammates. Other than Paul George, I want Paul George shooting it every time. If I'm a Thunder fan, he's amazing. But that's just not how Westbrook rolls, especially once he hits the playoffs. Uh, but they didn't go to Stephen Adams, and they got beat. They got four one. 
Yeah. They weren't even this, in that series. This is a franchise, as you said. They're playing against a team that didn't have Nurkic. Yeah. And now, after three years, they have won four games in the playoffs. Ever since Durant left, they have won four games. There's an issue. And you remember all these Thunder fans talking about, well, we got Westbrook. Westbrook doesn't need all that. Westbrook's not ring chasing, whatever. Who's who's happier right now? Kevin oh, yeah. Durant or, or Russell Westbrook? Are you serious? Kevin Durant. And it's not close. The Thunder lost so royally in that deal. Once they figured out, and they could see that there were issues with Kevin Durant. They were not blindsided by Kevin Durant leaving. They knew there were issues. Once they figured out what the deal was, and he was not happy with Westbrook. He was not. They had their issues. They should have said, by Westbrook. They, we have Kevin Durant. They bet on the wrong person. Yeah, and they and, also did that with Harden. They that, uh, Presti constantly bets on the wrong person. Constantly. And now they need to bet on Paul George. They need to get rid of Russell Westbrook. Yes. I know he signed a max deal, and he has signed through 2022 with an option to 2023, but you have to. And I, capital, have to build around Paul George, yep. get him a shooter, and get him a point guard Yep. that can shoot as well. And you actually have a decent team and with Steven Adams. Get rid of Russell Westbrook. Try. I don't know how, but try and get some poor team to take him. Yeah. Somebody will take Russell Westbrook. He has all the makeup, the physical ability, and the confidence to be a top-tier player in the NBA. The problem is, is you branded yourself around this guy. Yeah. And now you don't want to look dumb backtracking. Yep. But you, if you want to win in the NBA, you're never going to win with zero. No. On the court. I mean, and people, like I said, in Oklahoma City, they want zero. They, they'll have his ra- ha- uh, jersey hanging in the Raptors. Sure. For that sure. guy is the, he and the Thunder are synonymous with each other. I mean, if they hang he Nick stayed. Collison's jersey, then they'll hang Russell Westbrook. They'll hang Russell Westbrook and but, they'll hang Kevin Durant too. But you don't need to. No. You need to deal him. You've got to, you've got to worry about your situation. He is a Thunder legacy for sure. And he stayed, okay? He signed a huge long-term deal after Durant left. It's rare for small market teams to find superstars that everybody there unanimously likes. Right now, they're not in that situation. But there was show of support even yesterday after Westbrook had his abysmal series, first of all. Uh, there was still a lot of support. People saying, look, he stayed, he stayed. He could have left too, but instead he remained a, a Thunder player, a Thunder superstar, and he, he, with because of his friendship with Paul George, was able to convince him to stay as well. That they just need him to stop shooting. They, that's the issue. They just need him to stop shooting and doing stupid stuff. If they could do that and run everything through George like they were at the end of the regular season, they would. I mean, have gone after so much this All Star the break, they played twenty five games, and I think went it was either thirteen and twelve or twelve and thirteen. Yeah, like can't do that give paul george the ball give him the ball and that's he's a top five player in the league and that's the that'll be the extent of our nba talk Uh, not a whole lot of people are fans in the 501 and 479 of nba basketball but it's just such a glaring issue with oklahoma city being three hours away from northwest Arkansas. a lot of thunder fans people like the thunder yeah and it's a glaring issue that russell westbrook is such a main cog with the thunder and they need the squeaky cog yeah. It's a squeaky cog. Yeah. All right, let's move on, Andrew, and let's go to a little trivia. Are you ready? It's trivia time here on the 501 Podcast. Andrew, what Twitter account by the University of Arkansas or by one of its employees uh-huh. has the most Twitter followers? 
I'm going to say Chad Morris. Chad Morris would come in at number five. Oh, there's four people ahead of him? Yes, and it's not necessarily people. There's also accounts run by the University of Arkansas. Accounts run by the University of Arkansas? So Arkansas Razorbacks? Like, yeah, so Arkansas Razorback football. Yeah, Arkansas Razorback football. That's my next one. They're second. 286,000 people. There's still one ahead of them? Guess who? Razorback water polo. Nope. Coach Jordan Weber, the new gymnastics head coach, because she was a part of the, I think they were it's escaping right now. They're called the, <laughs> not the Fab Five, the, oh my goodness. This is going to bother me. They were in the 2012 Olympics. Yes. And they golded, baby. Yeah, that was in London. Yep. And she was a part of that team that was able to go on and win the gold medal. She's an assistant coach. Now, she was an assistant coach at UCLA. Now she is going to be the head coach at the University of Arkansas. Yeah, it's just one of these issues when I look at that hiring. I understand that she is amongst the greatest ever. I mean, it's like uh, for basketball, it'd be like bringing in a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or somebody like that to be your head coach. You know, somebody who's just considered one of the greatest uh, players in collegiately in her sport ever. They but were called the Fierce Five. The I Fierce Five. You were called Fab Five was Michigan. Well, yeah, they were originally referred to as the Fab Five, but, but they that was take that, that was kind of taken yeah. by Michigan. So they decided to go with the Fierce Five. The Fierce Five. They were fierce. They were good. They were amazing. And I was, but I'll say this: she's twenty three years old. I'm twenty three years old. Okay, you're twenty. Or you're twenty three, aren't you? I'm twenty two. I'm a young gun. Okay, well, you're about to be twenty three here true. at some point. Um, uh, you're so smart. Yeah, there will be a point. When's my birthday, Andrew? Um. It's uh, good, January, good. February, March, April, May, June, July, August, good. September, Just keep October, going with November, your point. Uh, it's one of those months. I'll make sure that uh, we won't be friends after this. I was going to pick through <laughs> a meal, but no, 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 no. Uh, I'm going to find a new host for next week's podcast. But a anyway. new 23-year-old because 23-year-olds are all getting positions all over the place. Yeah, are you, you? going to become the next football coach? I guess, man, I'm starting at the bottom rung over at KNWA here pretty soon. I didn't get the news director position at 23. I didn't. Okay, go ahead. Sorry to make your point. <laughs> She, that's my point. She's 23, so there will be drama associated with that uh, for sure. I mean, Chad Morris didn't get to coach the Razorbacks when he was 23. I, you know, Everybody on her staff is going to be older than her. Like, she can't possibly. She's going to have to bring in some staff that has been there for a while. Yeah. But it's going to be pretty cool when you go into a recruits class or recruits home and say, hey, you yeah. know me. Yeah, I was, all of them I know went, her. I know, and they do. All those girls will know her. Now, you know, in ten years they won't. When she's recruiting people in ten years, they won't. But to say, you know, just bring in your gold medal, yeah. and drop that on the kitchen, the kitchen table, the ottoman in the living yeah. room, and say, hey, the breakfast nook, yeah, whatever <laughs> it is, it doesn't matter where you eat your meals. The paper towel. She can holder. drop her gold medal and say, I won one of these. Do you want one? Yeah. You want one of these? You Boom. probably won't get one of these, honestly. I hate to break this to you, but you can okay, complain Andrew for me. Okay, Andrew's not going to do my recruiting either. All right. <laughs> I know that if I am ever in a as position As good as to- you are, you're a five-star gymnast. Are you going to get one of these? No, you, you won't, but... Okay, Andrew. You can yeah, come see really, mine all the time. Really, man, you're not. You're not a good salesman. You're really not. Uh, look... They can come and look at my gold medal. They don't have to win one. People need to be content with what they have. Whatever. I, 
You're ridiculous. <laughs> Not a great recruiter, Andrew Epperson, but there's that. The Arkansas Razorback baseball game just went final. They lost. Ooh, wow. Looking good in these midweek series. Constantly they, Razorback baseball. To Northwestern State because they are playing people that will be on the TARP crew. Yeah. Like they had to play two midweek games. Who are they going to throw? Shoot. I mean, can Heston not throw a little bit? Okay. He's supposed to be You're, some big recruit. He anyway, should be able to throw a little bit. They lose 10 to 7. Uh, Casey Martin? I know the Razorbacks are throwing Sometimes. pitchers that, as I said, will be on the tarp crew. So there's no need to worry, no need to panic. They have a big series coming up this weekend. They play Tennessee, Tennessee. right? Tony Vitello, Vitello comes back to coming town. home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. That's twice you've sung today, and that's twice I could have really done without it. That was another Elvis song, wasn't it? Uh, that one's not Elvis. <laughs> but anyway. All right, it's time for it's that time of the podcast, Andrew. It's Wacky World Time. It's a wacky world, and where are we going in the wide, wacky world this week, Andrew? I don't know. Where are we going? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> the fun! Oh, wow. I don't understand. If you made it this far into the podcast, I am so sorry. I, I just I don't know what to do with them sometimes. We're going to Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, uh, so we're not going to the 501. We're going no, somewhere. No, of course. This is me taking back 501. That's the sound of it in reverse. That just sounds. Stop that. That's not what that sounds like on the radio. What, what even is that? That's 501 in reverse. That's I recorded it on my phone and I held it up to the mic and I went, I played it back in reverse. That sounds like a swamp wizard. The swamp people from the 501 is That's referred right. to them earlier. That was your toe that I just put up to the mic. Yeah, I put your toe up to the mic. No. Oh, gosh. We made it through 30 minutes, so we're going to have to go back and delete the entire thing. Yeah. Because of this. Oh. We're going to Kalamazoo, Michigan, which is the home to the Kalamazoo Growlers uh-huh. in the Northwoods League. Kalamazoo League. Brown Growlers. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I try and take this seriously, and he just does this. But the Kalamazoo Growlers are in the Northwoods League, which is a collegiate summer baseball league. So mm-hmm. these guys that are playing summer baseball or baseball right now in college, well, they will go and play college summer baseball. I've called multiple leagues, and this is another yep. league that's up in the north. Well, they're going to have phone-free night at the Growlers game. You buy your ticket, you give them your ticket when you come in, and you have to check in your phone so that you cannot have it. Now, the Growlers know that your phone is important to you, and you would go every five minutes with checking it, so they want to take you out of that and let you reconnect with your environment with the game with the fans around you yeah so they want you to put that away and they know that hey you might take pictures with your phone like a lot of people that would be their excuse so they're adding four extra photographers for the game so they can go around and take your picture so you have no excuse i like it i like it if it was like a major league game but now all seven people who were going to go watch that game are going to be but upset. See, this is not, this is <laughs> no disrespect, <laughs> but this is not the Mink League that we're talking about here. Uh, the Sorry, Mink maybe a hundred people. The My Mink bad. League was something that I participated in last year and 
it was there was about seven people at our games. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. The Northwoods League, I mean, this is this is kind of like single A minor league baseball. So they will draw. I mean, a bad night, they will draw 400 people. And with the promotions like this, they and can draw upwards like this, of a thousand. Well, something like this, they'll draw 200. No, people like this. It's something different. And first of all, it gets people talking about you. Like, we are in Arkansas. Yeah, we're talking about them. We're not going to the game, though. Well, are you going to go to Kalamazoo, Michigan? I was planning on going, but then I saw that that was Where is Kalamazoo, out. Michigan? It's it's in... What do you mean, where is Kalamazoo? It is right... It's in Michigan. Where in Michigan? And it's near some, like, bodies of water there in Michigan. Oh, yeah, that's a... <laughs> which, which body of water? I mean, okay, so you got the five Great Lakes. Which one are you going to pick? Well, you know, there are the Great Lakes are great. Let me say that first of all. But colloquially in Michigan, we call it the greatest lake. That's the one that, that Kalamazoo is near. Which is? I'm going to say Erie. Is it near Erie? That was probably one of the worst guesses you could have. Michigan. Oh. Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan. Boy, I could have just been simple on that. Yeah. Well, I'm, no, I wasn't going to go to it. I'm not going to go to it now. I'll probably never go to Michigan in my life. Probably, too. It's pretty cold up there. So that's our wacky world. Phone-free night. I'm going to have phone-free night with Andrew coming up after this. We're going to go and get some grub. You know how it is. But... You don't have to have phone free night. Make sure to rate and subscribe to our podcast. Use that's, your phone. Yes, please. That's, that's how the uh, little robots in your phone decide which podcast is good and which podcast is bad. Yes. It, the algorithm really likes likes yes. and comments. So we would greatly appreciate it if you'd leave a comment. You know, we read them all. Yes. Which so far is zero. Zero so, so far. But my mom and dad listened to our last one. My mom and dad listened to So we got four listeners to the That's last pretty one. good. I, four? I like that. So mom and dad, Mr. and Mrs. Epperson, Mr. and Mrs. Campbell, thank you so much for listening. I think we're going to sign off. Can we do it better this time? Andrew, where are you from? Well, I mean, that's my, my mother is where I'm originally from. Yeah, you, I muted you. I, I muted you because I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm going to take it out from here, ladies and gentlemen. From the 501, we're in the 479. What's 479 now? We're just looking to have some fun talking sports. For Andrew Epperson, I'm Seth Campbell saying so long. My style is the ball.